blockaders. There's your man now. Think I can come back on here and talk on the mayor after seven months of nothing? Seven months of silence? Huh? Alright. Who's he think he is? Me? <laughs> Hello! And welcome to episode 9 of the Amadans Flow Podcast. It's been a long old stretch since I last said that. Here I come, back into your, your ear canals, like your dad's old rattly Peugeot coming under the back square. Or, if you're from somewhere like Tyrone or Cavan, or I suppose parts of Donegal, up your own lane. Or whatever it is you have in that part of the country. But anyway, it's good to be back. And I would like to remind everybody that this is indeed the Amadans Flow podcast. Therefore, nothing that is mentioned or said in the duration of this episode should be taken literally. Nor should it be taken as any form of advice. No, no, no. Instead, just take whatever you're about to hear as a pinch of salt. Whatever you're about to hear, just take it, take it as you're going to your local bookies on a Saturday morning to grab your old uncle, Jamesy, his football sheet, and there's a group of old boys in the corner and they're talking about something and you overhear something that makes your ears perk up makes you question your own knowledge of the situation or the event and you don't know if it's true or not but you don't know if you should repeat it or not in case it makes you sound a bit outlandish in case somebody says what? Where'd you hear that? Who'd you hear say that? What you don't want to have to say to that question is, I heard it on a podcast called The Amadans Flow, because you will indeed come across the Amadan. So instead, just enjoy it. Don't fight it. Whether you're in the car driving, whether you're out of walk, whether you're doing a bit of pinting and decorating in the house, whether you're tidying up the cubby hole, whether you're pushing a trolley around Lidl, or whether you're at work grafting with an earphone in. Just enjoy it. Don't feel any pressure to pass on any of the, the knowledge or what you hear in this episode. Don't. Don't even feel a need to give it a second thought. Because, I'll be honest with you, I definitely won't. So hopefully over the next hour or so, maybe an hour, it could be less than an hour, but sure, who's keeping track of us? We do it, we won't. Over the course anyway of this episode, hopefully you enjoy yourself, that's, that's the main thing. But I'll give you, I'll give you an example, right? This is what I don't want to happen. So this morning I took a wee dander down to my gym. And 
because I had a bit of a problem that I needed to sort out. I needed I needed assistance, and I, I'm fed up talking the auto automated answering machines or whatever they're called, right? And I thought enough's enough. I'm going to go around and really talk to a man or a woman here to help me, because our gym have introduced this thing now where if you want to go to the gym, in order to quell the crowd in the gym, which is a very good idea, they've brought in a booking system. So you need to book an appointment, basically, to attend the gym. So, um, now I say this, it's now February of 2021, and I've been to the gym three times, which isn't a great ratio, but you know yourself. It is what it is. But anyway, so they brought in this booking system for the appointments, and I find that heightened the, the excitement in me, you know, whenever whenever it's restricted you feel as if, oh, I think I will go now then. So I went down anyway and I was chatting to this woman. Don't really know where she was from. Doesn't matter anyway. So we're all sons and daughters. But uh down spoke to this woman at the reception desk and she had me issue resolve within about two to three minutes. But uh anyway, on route to and from the gym. I was listening to a podcast called The Secret to Success. Alright? This is a podcast that I don't really know how I came across it, but I came across it. And one of the fellas on the panel is Eric Thomas. Now, if you don't know Eric Thomas, he's a motivational speaker from America. Very good. To be honest, you've probably heard him before if you just haven't realised. He's the fellow that gives the pep talks to all the American footballers and students. If you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Well, that type of carry on. So, 15, 6 year old me used to listen to Eric Thomas before exams or when I was revising it, before I went out to the showgrounds, the training or whatever, hyping myself up for absolute glory. And I uh, came across a podcast of his, and he's very relatable. So, in this particular episode, it's called The Value Meal, and I do recommend it. You should go give it a listen. And on this Value Meal episode, they have a fella. Now, I wouldn't be too sure if he's a doctor or if he's a nutritionist something but anyway this fella is fairly qualified from what I get it. and he has a book out and he's talking all about food and nutrition and the impact it has on the body and all the rest all that good stuff right and I find myself a wee bit the only way I can describe it is a few times when I was listening to the podcast and this probably doesn't happen to people listening to my podcast but a few times during it, my eyebrows not, like, uncontrollably just raised. Do you know what I mean? I'm even practicing now. You should do it yourself. Try it. Just raise your eyebrows. You know you're a bit surprised and you hear a bit of a golden nugget and you think, oh, didn't know that. So that happened a few times. Uh, and your man was just spouting knowledge. He was on about high-carb diets are more, more likely to lead to cardiovascular disease. And high fat diets. Uh, what else did he say? He talked about how calories, calories and food was made and created by humans, obviously. 
and the reason why they were created, they were created during a war. I think it might have been World War Two. See again, this is just all I'm doing here is giving you an example of why you shouldn't quote me because it's wishy-washy coming from me, coming from you. It'll sound pathetic, probably. Do you know what I mean? So just, t- as I say, take it as a pinch of salt. But anyway, he was talking about how this woman during the World War was employed by the US government. And it was around the time of food rationing. So this leads me to believe. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So World War One, World War Two. You know what I mean? Dire circumstances. That's all you need to know. That's the context, alright? Moving on. And so she was paid by the government to bring this message to the American public, more or less about how you should actually cut down on your food and she attached calories to food and she introduced this belief system that if you feel hunger then that is a noble thing it's a double noble thing because number one that pain of hunger shows that you're being healthy because you're you know you're restricting your diet you're not consuming excess food and you're going to be nice and slender and lean right all that bollocks and she said the second thing the second the 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 other noble fact in feeling the pain of hunger is that because you are feeling the hunger you can be pleased in the knowledge that because you're feeling it somebody else isn't right so obviously you can see where i'm going it all lead into this psychology of your you're trying to implement this idea of rations for the greater good, but you're also trying to convince the people that by them actually feeling fucking hungry. Pardon, pardon me for the curse there. Because they're feeling hungry, they should be pleased themselves. Do you know what I mean? So your man was given this type of knowledge, and I was like, I'll hold my hands up. That's the type of anecdotes there I I I really enjoy. I thoroughly love them, like you know. So. Uh, what else did he say? He was talking about that there's a gateway between your a neurological gateway, perhaps. I just combined them two words together there, so they might not even belong. But uh, he was referring to how your brain needs nutrients, and that one of the ways, or maybe a limited amount of ways, that your brain gets the nutrients is from I think it was omega three. It was omega three. It was. And that uh, the best way to get omega-3 is through fish. Right? Fish. Now, straight away, I was listening to that, and I thought, ugh, it's not, it's not a great start, because uh, I wouldn't be prone to oil fish, you know? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too keen on it. Now, I would eat fish on a fast day, or, you know, a holy day, back home. But... I wouldn't go out of my way usually to eat fish. So I was listening and read to this man talk about the benefits of the fish and mackerel and salmon and he was talking about krill oil, all these things I never heard of or never paid any attention to. So on my way back from the gym, I thought, you know what, Sean, grab this by the scruff. So I popped in the co-op and I bought myself a a fillet, I think the correct word is. I bought myself a fillet of salmon. And um, 
I'll be brutally honest with you, we're maybe touching two, three hours since I purchased the salmon and the adrenaline has worn off. You know that initial buzz of putting what you heard in the action? So now I'm sat here with a, a full of salmon in my fridge and I'm absolutely dreading having to eat it. So what I don't want is for you to look back at this after listening to this podcast and say, because he told me that, now I am in a similar position where I'm doing an activity or I'm practicing something that he said to do or I've repeated something your man said and now I've got egg in my face. Don't do it. And then sure, I was coming back from the gym and I was coming back from co-op with my fish in my bag and I thought, I owe a friend money, right, a deposit for an activity that's going to take place later in the month. And I thought I'll go in here and I'll grab, rather than just leave the money outside my friend's door, I'll grab them a croissant and an orange juice, right? Just to, you know, just to, just to spread a wee bit of enjoyment, like. And uh, while I was in the petrol station getting this croissant and pineapple juice, there's a, a man in his probably between his 40s and his 50s and he had two of the workers behind the till tending them and he was giving off you know he was complaining but I noticed that every so often he was looking over at me with a corner of his eye and he was obviously aware or self-conscious you know what maybe the man wasn't self-conscious maybe he didn't even care but he was aware anyway that I was there um, that I was listening and I, I wasn't even listening. It's just that me, you know, my hearing works. That's how my ears operate. And I won't apologise for my ability to hear. But anyway, long story short, after a couple of minutes, he makes he makes his way out of the the shop. Actually, before that, I'll you know what I'll I'll, I'll relay back to you what what the commotion was because this could end up being a talking point of your day as well. That there's a a man over here with such a problem. So what happened was, and I don't usually like repeating stories, but what happened was there was a man there and he had an app. And on the app, from what I gathered, there was four free coffees. Now this man was telling the workers that he had four coffees, he bought one, and now he was buying his, his second coffee. So he should have two remaining free coffees, but instead the app was telling him he only had one. And understandably, the big man wasn't best pleased with this, but I'm mathematical working out, you know. So he was saying, "What's going on here? Why's where's my other spare coffee going?" So the woman ended up saying to him, "Listen, sir, come back and you'll get your free coffee, right?" And every his his problem was solved. The solution was reached. So he left happy, anyway. And on his way out, he turned to me and he apologised, right? He apologised, and he said, oh, sorry, sir, for keeping you. And I, I know what you're probably thinking, for Jesus, you know, I apologised. No, there's nothing to that, like, there's no, there's nothing special or significant about it. But it actually made my day. Not that he apologised to me, because who am I? Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't need to apologise to me. I'm only a, a young flabahino with a croissant and a pineapple juice, like. But it was more the fact that he spoke, which might sound a wee bit hippie, but 
I just thought to myself, you know what? You're a gentleman. You've come in here, you've got your coffee, you've negotiated your way to reclaim your other coffee, you've reached out to me, apologised to me when you didn't have to. Just a nice, personable man, you know? Um, and I think... I think now the rest of my day will be positively affected and impacted because I know that man went out of his way to do this, you know? It's the wee things, it really is the wee things. Depends how much you read into them, obviously. But no, that, that gave me a, a bit of perspective this morning because, especially at the minute, given the climate we're in with COVID and all the rest, where people are awkward and wee bit socially questioning themselves of whether they put themselves out there and all the rest, wee bit paranoid maybe. There you have a man apologising, reaching out, making himself open and aware. So I laughed it off and I said, no worries, glad you got sorted, have a good day. Went about my business, got my croissant, my pineapple juice, went outside and I saw a fucking a beautiful sight. There was the man, leaning half one leg out of his car, drinking his coffee, eating something trying his best not to get the crumbs on the inside of his car and sure it wasn't his wee wife in the passenger seat having her coffee and her wee bite to eat as well Jesus give him a wee wave and went on about my day gorgeous eh? beautiful moment beautiful human moment so if you do get the opportunity if you're if you're in cost cutters or if you're wherever you are just give a wee how are you doing hello there How's the form? Because you never know what impact it'll have on somebody's day. Uh, you probably are, I know I made a joke of it initially, but you probably are wondering, where, where have I been? What have I been at there since July the 4th, the last time you heard from me? July the 4th was the last podcast that I sent out with Mr. Colin Stack. Uh, and it is a long time. So, in the meantime, I've been doing what everybody else has been doing. I've been just getting on with things. Now I know I don't want to say that lightly because I know there's many people that haven't just been getting on with things and I do consider myself very lucky and fortunate to be in the position where I have been able to get on with things because I know there's just as there's people been struggling to cope and people barely coping there's also been people thriving there's been people studying there's been people working there's been people just focusing on getting by. But, um, I personally, it's, it's all been good. In the UAE, we're very lucky where things are, things are hunky-dory, eh? Um, everything's going well. We're all rocking the masks. Social distancing, at the minute, from my perspective, I'm uh, teaching teaching from a distance so that's three to four lessons a day the students come on their their laptops or their ipads and we have our english or our math or our science or our social studies and we try and sprinkle a bit of normality and conversation and do them lessons as much as we can don't really see our teachers as much just due to the nature some teachers are up and they work from home I find myself, I try to go into school just to um, 
just to keep that sense of routine rocking a bit of normality but uh, it, it, it definitely is different but at the same time keeping tabs on home and what's going on back home seeing that people are definitely impacted by the lockdown after lockdown after lockdown and their, their health's taking a knock and their mental health's taking a knock and there's nothing related well I've already put out a podcast there's nothing really that I would want to say on the matter because all the sound bites have been used up do you know what I mean um, all I would say maybe is what I've found that I've utilised the most is I've risked coming across a cutting out joskin there's a word I haven't used the word joskin there's an ignorant joskin so a joskin's just like a person but uh, I've risked coming across a cutting maybe from time to time over the past year with people whether it be friends or family or whatever and it's not because I mean to be cutting but there have been occasions where I've had to interrupt or I've just had to exit a conversation or change the topic swiftly um, not because I want to be rude or ignorant or do anybody any harm but just because I know myself you need to look after yourself there's no sense in you sitting there being a bucket for people to empty their thoughts and their anxieties under, and then for you to carry that bucket around you the rest of the day. And if anything, over the past year I've learned that I, I am a person that sort of would be quite prone to tick other people's problems and worries and, you know, throw it to me, I'll catch it and I'll carry it instead for you. So I've, I've tried to, I try my best to work on that and minimise that, prioritise oneself, all them self-help books, favour that approach. And it, I, I think it works. Um, now that might, in real life, if I was to give you an example, let's say, for example, you are in your, you're in your Uncle James's house and James's talking to his mate about Jesus did you see there them vaccines them vaccines are they're lethal them vaccines you take a vaccine and you Jesus you wouldn't know what way you'd end up the next morning do you know what I mean that type of conversation where and there's no harm in that type of conversation but if it's not impacting you or positively influencing you I would be more prone to say Jamesy had a little chat there now about them vaccines are starting to make me feel a bit uncomfortable over here. I'm just trying to enjoy my Twix in the corner and it's it's making me a bit anxious, Jamesy. So there's no harm in being honest and putting your hands up and saying this is how I feel. Would you mind if we talked about something else? Because at the end of the day, they're your clan, they're your circle, they want the best for you. And at the same time, if you are Jamesy and you feel as if you might be talking about something that might be putting somebody else under the cosh you know yourself just be a wee bit mindful of who's around who's listening because people might be worried as it is about topping up and adding more to their plate um, so I, that's, that's what I've been at I've just been teaching studying studying from a distance I was studying from a distance anyway so not a lot's changed um, 
Now, as I say, given COVID as well, relating back to that podcast I was listening to this morning about the value meal, the boys were asking the doctor, Sean, uh, see, I already am starting to say he's a doctor. He might not even have been a doctor. He could have been a nutritionist, as I say, or whatever. But he was saying he placed big emphasis and importance on going for at least a 10-minute walk a day during COVID because he said that that would help fight inflammation. Inflammation. Now, at this point, I would like to make you aware that I'm not 100% sure what inflammation means, but it's something that I could definitely look up. You can do the same. But, uh, aye, sure would. What would it do for you to spare 10 minutes and go a walk? Maybe you are a walk at the minute, sure, it would be even perfect. But your man, anyway, was ranting and raving about the benefits of going a walk to help fight the current pandemic in terms of your insides. Anyway, you decide to go for a walk or not, it's entirely up to you. You might just think that your man on that podcast chatting push. I won't be offended either way. Uh, one of the main reasons why I did take the break was it's mainly linked to social media. So, don't get me wrong, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the old podcasts. Really enjoyed them. Enjoyed recording them. Enjoyed putting myself out there, trying something new. I'd be quite an introvert, maybe, or a quiet enough person. So the old podcasts were out of the comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? So there was a lot of enjoyment associated with them. But at the same time, I led myself to believe that there were expectations. Do you know what I mean? So I was listening to these people or certain, um, certain maybe public figures and they were giving advice on like expectations and what you should be doing and how to promote your podcast and how many posts a week you should be posting and what time of the day you should be posting the uh, most effectively target an audience and putting up polls and all this type of thing. And at the same time, simultaneously, I was reading the 5am club where I was reading about productivity and how to be more in tune with thyself and all that good stuff. So, while I was reading the 5M Club, I was also trying to strike a balance and spend copious amounts of hours of my day on social media, trying to help the podcast get up off the ground and start getting a bit of wind behind it. And I just found I was contradicting myself because I was trying to practice and my own personal sort of setup, this, I don't know how you would say it, I'm trying to set up this uh, unity with oneself, eh, that's what we'll arrive at, but then at the same time I was spending all this time scrolling and chasing something I didn't really have a clue about, or even if I was distracted, stretch I didn't even have any interest in it. So I decided to take my time back and focus more on 
spending time reading or contacting the clan or studying or you know doing things that I actually enjoyed but it wasn't until um, I was actually at a, a pool day and a few people mentioned it to me inside the space of maybe an hour or two hours oh why'd you stop doing our podcast I used to enjoy listening to that or your walk and hearing that slowly made me think maybe I will get back at it but um that brings me on the praise as well, which I need to talk about that. I need to talk about that because that's quite an interesting topic. The praise I can be a catch twenty-two, but um, we're back anyway, and that's all that means. That's all that matters. We're back on the horse, and whether it be a regular thing or a one-off thing, doesn't matter as long as we're as long as we're enjoying ourselves. And I hope that can be relatable as well. I'm sure there's other people that have picked something up and left something down because they encountered a bit of a challenge or something that was distracting them or whatever. So as long as we're here and we're putting in the odd appearance, that's the priority. But another thing, here's another example, sure, regarding time spent on social media. It was recently a birthday of mine, and I would like to think of myself as a reasonable enough person, in the sense that if you take time out of your day to wish me happy birthday, whether it be on Facebook or in a text or whatever, I'll probably send, I'll send you a message back, do you know what I mean? Thanks very much, good man, or good woman, that's very kind of you, but by the end of the day, of my birthday there a few weeks back, I noticed that the pointing finger on my right hand, the pointing finger on my right hand, had like a bit of a strange tingle to it, like a bit of a numbness. And I worked out that it was from holding my phone more than usual during that day. Now, I don't know much about arthritis or whatever, or, you know, these type of things to do with joints, but there's something there that, that's not a good sign, you know, that's not a good sign, and more fool me for doing it, for spending that length of time on my phone, and I'm sure a lot of people read it too, but it's just, again, being aware, but anyway, we're starting the year off and I said to myself, you'll you'll produce you'll be a good young fella and you'll produce an episode a month, won't you? So we're on February at the minute and this is my first episode, so as you can see, I made a balls up of that already, because we missed January. But what I did do to start the year was a combined exercise with charity. That was one of my aims. Exercise and charity. Two things that maybe have been a bit absent from my life there in recent years. And two things that I would like to incorporate more into my, my, uh, my schedule. So a friend of mine messaged me saying, would you fancy doing a 100 kilometer challenge in, over the course of January on Strava, which is like a running app. And this is around Christmas time, so Glutiny was a very much a real thing and I thought you know what it'll be a good way to get myself up and at it physically, mentally, emotionally, 
cleanse out in January. Do this 100 kilometers. And I thought to myself, is there a way that I could maybe make it a wee bit more worthwhile? Because I just knew that if push came to shove, and after a few days I was getting there tight, doing the run, I knew myself I'd be a wee bit prone to hang up the the running shoes and say, ah, sure, we tried it and it didn't work out. So I attached a bit of significance to the run, and I chose a charity that I could focus on. And the charity that I chose was the Alzheimer's Society, which, as you know yourself, is fairly self-explanatory. They focus on providing support and they carry research and education to people sur- surrounding and related to the disease of Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, the reason why I chose that charity is because over the winter break, I visited a relative of mine and I just, I seen the change from the person that I grew up seeing and knowing and then the the way they changed as a result of the, the disease and it wasn't nice and I think what maybe added it was my lack of awareness maybe or education or knowledge on the disease itself because again a wee bit relating back to what I was saying earlier in terms of you know if your uncle James is in the corner talking negatively about COVID and you want to tell him to button it prior to fairly recently if people had been talking about let's say Alzheimer's or dementia it would have been a topic that perhaps would have made me feel a wee bit uncomfortable I suppose like anything else it it makes you question your own mortality you know and has a bit of a a doom and gloom connotation to it so I would have maybe just closed my ears and avoided partaking in such conversations which I realise now is it's irresponsible of me because I look back and I reflect and I think, well, how many people was I in the presence of and they would have benefited from talking to me or opening up to me or, you know, and I wasn't available for them. So, again, it's, it's the balance. It's the balance act. But seeing the change in, in this, the, the relative of mine, I just thought it'll be a way that I can sort of feel as if I'm contributing towards it. And that, that's that's charity, I suppose, and and it's and it's essence is contributing to something greater than yourself. Um, but once it's in your circle, whether it be cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, whatever, you be, you begin becoming more aware of it, and it, it it turns from something that you never really talk talk about or think of to something that you're you're regularly checking up on and you're researching and you're receiving updates and and so on so it just felt right that I would do the 100 kilometer run with that that loved one in mind and thinking on the the disease itself and even though still uh, sometimes I use the word Alzheimer's sometimes I use the word dementia there's there's the proof in the pudding I'm still not probably 
adequately educated in the department. Do you know what I mean? And there's always room for growth. But the aim was to raise raise awareness and maybe they bring that that mindset that I had the light where um, you know if, if there are people that are in your circle or in your friend group that have a granny or a parent that are going through such such a, a change as a result of the disease just to be a bit more mindful and they reach out and be there and most of all especially during the pandemic where people are a bit more prone to getting downtrodden and absorbing the negativity that we still need to make our memories because whenever you think of a loved one or someone who has that disease that is essentially that's the that's the disgusting thing about the disease is that it, it robs you of of them memories of your loved ones and the, the times that you spent um, and it's, it's just a pity that it takes such a reminder or it takes such an event in life for us to actually recall and be reminded of that you know but again that's what happens and Jordan Peterson talks about it that we're much more familiar with the negative side of life than the positive in the sense that if you say to somebody well if you go to I don't know if you go to the gym um, it'll help you in X, Y and Z so people will think oh it's the positive okay yeah they sort of take that for granted but if you were to say to somebody that the gym was uh, 30 pounds a month now it's 20 pounds a month or let's say vice versa it's gone from 30 pounds a month to 40 people start complaining oh why they go in the uproar well why is that and so on so we're, we're just it's probably just human nature we're, that's the way we're perhaps built or conditioned by society they always be a bit more sensitive towards the negative now I know for a fact I've just butchered that analogy that Jordan Peterson gave but here we are um, he's another man that I've began listening to more and more recently absolutely intriguing powerhouse but anyway so we started this 100 kilometer run and started in Derry running along the banks of the foil and the freezing January weather um, the old crisp air biting the ankles feet numb and whenever I flew back over to UAE I had two week quarantine in Dubai continued the running there running along the Stitz I think we were staying in Jamira. got my eyes opened running around that estate very different to the estates we're used to um, just elitism if that's a word and we continued the 100 kilometers in Abu Dhabi as well ended up completing the challenge around the 19th 19th of January and I thought well now that I've reached 100 kilometers and I still have a week or so left I might as well keep her lit and it just changed the unit of measurement and aimed for 100 miles because people have donated for me to be running this month I might as well keep her lit so did that and managed to reach 100 miles as well by the end of the month and the aim and the goal and the purpose again was to raise awareness and raising money obviously was, was a bonus but initially my, my target was 100 pounds and ended up raising over a thousand pound in donations 
predominantly mainly through family and friends which is an absolute testament to their support and generosity that they would take a target of £100 and absolutely rip the balls out of it make a mockery of it um, but to receive that level of support as well is it's a strange old uh, feeling because you you know it's for the charity but it's also a reflection of what people how people view you as well you know so that's something that was quite strange in dealing with and I'll come back to that in a wee minute um, the running itself I would highly recommend getting out and running and I, I, I wouldn't be a big runner I wouldn't be wouldn't class myself as a runner but the actual act of running was something that I found to be brilliant especially to kickstart 2021 um, maybe for me it was even But uh, ostentatious, a bit, a bit of a large ask in terms of maybe the the volume of running I was doing. But being fairly sensible, looking after your body, stretching, getting out, have some salt bath, all the rest, it was definitely it was a good experience. Um, and a mucker of mine joined in as well, running, and he was a wee bit more natural than me. He would think nothing of getting up and going for a half marathon these days which is a long way from where I'm at but uh, it was it was good it, it built up a, a purpose and an aim and a goal and I found that it impacted every other element of my life in terms of planning and structuring my day um, it boosted my concentration whenever I was in work it gave me order and discipline so I, if I were you, I would I would try and implement that a wee bit more, whether it be running or walking, definitely. Um, now, I'm not saying take on a 100km challenge. I'm not saying do anything. But just try and implement it a wee bit more regularly into your, into your weeks and see if it has any impact on you. Um, but I, the funny thing about receiving the praise so for example what I was looking to there from the running and raising money for charity is that the main aim and my initial intentions was to focus on the charity people that are suffering especially the family members because the family members are the people that I think that almost obviously with exception to the, the, the primary person that's suffering from the disease the family need the support and um the support and acknowledgement because obviously they're they're carrying the brunt of the weight of care and especially in this current climate you don't know what the situation is with whether carers are able to come out once a day or twice a day or whether the, the family member who has the disease qualifies for that support yet or so that was very much my intention and receiving messages from people saying oh geez you're a great young flair you know you're a great great person for doing this as much as them people meant well it sort of it crossed a few wires with me because it, it it conflicted my emotions you know so I just ha I was made very aware about how I felt receiving that type of feedback because not that it was unwanted 
I don't really know if there's a way to explain it, but it made me feel a bit funny. It just made me feel a bit, a bit odd, you know. And over the head of it, I sort of distanced myself from reading the comments or checking the donations until the very end. And now it actually led to me deleting my personal Facebook which I'm glad for as well so I've ended up doing no Facebook February um, because again it was it was consuming time now obviously given that it was for charity it's a perfect excuse to use up time in social media from my perspective but it reached the stage for example that I was going to run so let's say I would have ran 5 or 10k straight away after the run I would have taken a picture uploaded onto Strava shared my route that I ran on the Instagram, on the Facebook, put the link on. You know, it just, it actually took the beauty away from the actual run itself. And it was almost as if I was experiencing everything through a lens. And that wasn't really what I wanted because I was trying to put out this message of reach out to people and spend time with your loved ones and, you know, reflect and make good memories and be present and then there I was sort of along a beach or whatever taking pictures and then putting my head down gluing it to the screen for 10-15 minutes um, and that wasn't my intentions uh, another perhaps reason is let's say for example I would be a big fan of football or UFC or Celtic now just because I like them things or American politics even for example it reaches the stage with social media that I was almost consumed by where I was so well versed so well versed in what was happening in America or what was happening in Celtic there was players getting injured or COVID or if there was UFC fights being announced or you know I was well versed in that and it, it sort of brought to my attention, well, if, is there a need for me to be so well-versed? Definitely not. Especially if it's coming at the expense of me maybe not giving 100% in work or not giving 100% to my uni work or prioritising contacting my clan X amount of times per week. Again, it was just a perspective shift and whenever you're running in particular, you've, you've a lot of time to think, which... I suppose is one of the, the main benefits in terms of the, the mental aspect. Your distractions are away. You're not think you're not talking or worrying or thinking about anything else. You're just in the flow, in the groove. But I would definitely encourage everybody to try and do a run. Not even a five K or a ten K or a half marathon. Even just get out and try and see what you can run. I remember I used to go for I say go for runs. I remember I would have went to run in London. And it's still on my Strava, actually. And I think I reached a mile. Maybe give or take a mile. And I remember having to stop, turn off the Strava and walk home. Because I was bollocks. Couldn't go any further. And now I look back on that and it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's just an hour way to measure how far you've come. But give it a go. And I know a few of my friends at the moment who also aren't runners 
they're doing couch to 5Ks and all the rest, which is, is brilliant to see. Um, because with COVID as well, people are no longer able to go to these gyms, go to these gyms or participate in their Gaelic or their boxing or whatever it is they usually do. So they're starting to look at ways they can make an impact for themselves in more safe measures, and the run is definitely one. Or, as that doctor earlier said, Sean, I'm nearly sure his name was Sean, even a walk. A walk will do. Um, I think we'll call the day there, folks. Because that is 48 minutes, I am aware of, and I've told myself that I'll try and make these a wee bit more brief and a wee bit more regular. And if they're not a wee bit more brief, like this one, and if they're not a wee bit more regular, what does it matter? Who's keeping count? There's nobody keeping track of us. We'll do what we want. But, hon now and enjoy yourself. Get outside. Prosper. Get them lungs working. See what you can do. For others, try and do a good deed. Even if it's taking out your, your wee neighbour's black bin for him or her or them. Take out their black or blue bun. Or drop them off a wee two litre semi-skinned green milk. Come to think of it actually, it's been a while since I've bought an old bottle of milk. But aye, on you go. Eat your fish, get your omega-3 in, best you can. And hopefully you take a weekly sabbatical. Before I go, I'll leave you with this actually because we're on 49 minutes. And if this rounds up, then I'm sure. What else? Weekly sabbatical. I was reading the book there recently, The Monk That Sold His Ferrari, by Robin Sharma. Same fellow that wrote The 5am Club. Genius of a man. And this, the edition that I read was mainly directed at family. You're creating a family or playing a role within your family of being a, a leader and so on. And anyway, this monk gave advice to his sister and one of the pieces of advice was take a weekly sabbatical from your life. Now, I wasn't very aware of what a sabbatical is. I've heard the word, I know there's a few, few teachers over here from the Republic over on sabbaticals. So I presume it's like a break. But... The way he described it was, take a, an hour, half an hour, two hours, a morning, an afternoon, or an evening, or your weekend, just for you. Whether that be to exercise, to journal, to meet up with friends, to listen to audiobooks. Um, and I think it was mainly directed at parents. You know, if they have cubs and they can get a wee bit hectic and all the rest. But I also think it's very applicable to everybody. So whether this is your sabbatical that you're doing at the minute listening to this podcast or this episode then encourages you to go further and take a sabbatical, go for it. Absolutely go for it because you deserve it. But anyway, slan lad, enjoy yourself and I'll speak to you soon.